Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Oh my god, our guest is Zoe Ashton. Zoe Ashton is uh, an actress, director, writer, producer. So I think I noticed her in Fresh Meat as well when she started in Fresh Meat. And that, oh, Delhi cooking it up. And. Uh, yeah, I loved Fresh Meat. Um, I thought her character was very smart, brilliant, beautifully written, as uh, the writers who did Fresh Meat always were. It's more that she was uh, behind the scenes, I wrote, she, had a, she wrote a book. She started producing, she was directing, she did a lot of theatre work, she was getting plays put on. I started to really get interested in how she was having a career off screen, actually. I, um, just, I just need to jump in here yeah. and just say, Mikita's had a bit of a Zari Aston obsession for many years. Yes! And we, did, we actually did a, we did a thing. No, I don't want to talk about it here. Oh, I'm going to tell no, her. But, no, but twice, just in case no, it doesn't work there. It will work. She's so bossy. I basically <laughs> wanted to just pick her brain and be near her, which I suppose could be a stalker. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's actually almost the definition right. of illegal. Just wanted to be near her, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> but she's a brilliant young woman. Um, yes, I also, can I just say, similar... I, I now call her a friend. So that's what I'm saying, I like, just hold it down in the cult. But yeah, she, she's brilliant and she's she's had a whole um, crazy five years. Uh, her trajectory. Uh, trajectory's been amazing and then she had a baby and she's in one of the biggest films of her career, the Marvel film. Oh yeah, the, the Marvel yeah, film. Yes, it's like a sort of, I feel like it's a sort of other level of, I don't want to call it just success because she's incredibly successful and she's achieved so much already. But it's another level of visible visibility, acting yeah. recognition when you're in those Marvel movies, isn't it? Yeah, and actually, I think Zoe Ashton might be the, one of those people that is like you know you know so much that she's done, been in, been part of, but maybe don't know her name. Right. And it's kind of crazy because she's sort of done so she's much. Done so and much. we're the same age. I'm three months yeah. older than her. And, oh, are you? But we're really looking forward. To, she's a fantastic young woman. It's going to be lovely. It's going to be lovely. I just wanted to come around and give her a massive hug and yeah. have some good time some, and some good food i'm very aware that you've got some really fancy shoes on and i'm wearing all these i decided to be fancy for zowie oh, 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 hello oh, beautiful you made it <laughs> You're not ready for what Mama's cooked. Oh my god! Well, it's quite gosh. interesting. What direction? I, I don't even know why it went so like this. Yeah. Yeah. It went down it's the It's got a bit Irish. It's hearty and it's soothing. We've got pork chops, really great organic free range, oh, amazing pork chops. Heaven. Fried apples, oh cider gravy, oh cabbage with some chilli and some shallots and stuff running through it. Oh. Kind of quite Caribbean. It tastes a bit like corned beef and rice, but it's actually just the cabbage. Oh my and goodness And then me. mashed potato with, with? the... So we made the mashed potato. These are the crispy skin so we made jacket potatoes hollowed them out and yeah. then put them through the ricer yeah. and then crisped up the skins so you've got crispy salty skins on the top and that's your lot mate I Delhi doesn't deal. fuck about right no <laughs> Delhi does not and neither do I <laughs> <laughs> so here let me give you this spoon. this is yeah, actually go. help yourself to some pork. I haven't this had mum mashed potatoes in a while dreams. I'm with you on this you're I'm quite like, excited oh Mikita going yeah. straight to the potato I'm gonna go for a chance It is interesting, this um, thing we actually spoke about just briefly a second yeah, ago. Yeah. I just find so many young mothers, when I speak to them, yeah. feel really like they get a bit hoist by their own petard, like stuck in this some weird character that they've seen 
that they feel that they have to build for themselves. I think the outside pressure on being this Thank Instagram mum or, you know, like, like visible mother oh, don't. is visible so awful. Visible mother. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm oh. exactly the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Which Good. is, I love all the people who are out there, like, adding to the narrative of new motherhood in this really, like, disarming like candid way I'm like oh, oh god it's so funny actually that really, actually really helped me yeah. that, that person being really open about that thing I, I'm glad they did it maybe I'll do that but I don't know as soon as I become mum I was like Shum, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna Shut keep that Shut up. Give it to myself. but also I don't feel the need to speak yet mm. but the listening has gone on to another Level other people's advice, other people's advice, other people's experiences. My mother's experience of mothering. It's interesting. You immediately see your mother differently when you become a mother. Immediately, um, and <laughs> kind you know, There's painful truths and there's you know happy things as well. I just don't know why we're talking to anyone under the age of like sixty about anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just like I don't know. Anything. Right. Really, I know some things and I'm proud of the things that I know. Mm-hmm. But when you actually are in a position that I'm in right now where you're like, I'm sort of halfway between woman and ch- it's sort of this new territory completely where yeah. you are going, I'm learning from scratch. I have absolutely nothing in the toolbox that I can use to pull out for this. So this is totally yeah. new. Mm. But also... I am earth. I am ancient. Yes, I've given birth. I've become a mother. Yeah. yeah. So it's like your brand new green, like little bud and also huge mountain. Love that. I'm meeting at the same time. What a bloody revolutionary feeling to have. Yeah. I get what you mean by inhabiting a completely new space. (laughs) Mm. And I think it's funny that we're talking about age and then new mother because Zowie's saying, I'm kind of leaving youth and going into a new stage I think that people felt like that at 27 and we get to kind of feel young till 40 now and actually that's not the experience I mean you lot just always felt young but I think we kind of get longer now people now say 40 is not even that old but 20 years ago when I was 20 40 was 40 was old not just because I was 20 that's what the world said yeah because people died earlier so the proportionate amount of life you expected to have left after 40 wasn't that much no. I'm 60, so 60 was like, you'd be so, knocking on. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then I do you, do you need like... some help, love? <laughs> People do get a bit like that with me, and I was saying really? yesterday, I quite like it sometimes. <laughs> yes, you know. People go, just shall I get that with you? I'm like, yes, yeah, sure. <laughs> Do you like the seat, huh? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sure. Do you want me to carry that with you? Absolutely, absolutely. And if you, you can just put it there, that would be lovely. Uh, the L'Oreal <laughs> Not why you're helping oh me. But I think it really is interesting to think about, we are quite, I feel like we're the lucky ones. Because we got the kind of rough neck of the late 80s, early 90s, yeah. early noughties, that, but we yes, still get this time where neck, I time. know, weirdly, Strangely, as a broadcaster, I know I've only just begun and I've already had a 24-year career. And that is me, but also the world is open in a different way. You're right. We sound on the shoulders of so many, don't we, who came before, including your your beautiful mother. The fact that you and Helen Mirren are now in an ad (laughs) that is... Is sending the message yes, to me, I mean, how like, mad is that? you know, it, like mm. it's all good, we're good, but particularly that it's you and Helen, not yeah. just Helen, is definitely like on the ho- more hopeful yeah. side for and me for the future. Are changing, things are changing, things are opening up. I know that you know, in terms of, I was talking to this brilliant um, actress yesterday called Tolly Stedford, who she came down. I did a book signing. She came down. I was talking to her. And we were talking about. She was going, "Thank you for being so visible." Yeah, and we were just talking about how important that stuff is and that you can't underestimate Mm -hmm. it we've probably spoken about this before but it's like when I see I still get I walk past H&M there's like a young dark skinned black girl in the advert and I get a bit choked up still yeah because it's only a few years that this has been happening I cried buying your black Santas oh (laughs) did you because it's that like you're saying you didn't you sometimes don't know the lack until you're in that moment of healing don't know you're hungry till you get the food you don't know you're hungry till Mm. you get the Mm. food Mm. that's good that's Mm. don't know where that came from I mean good (laughs) alternative Spin off podcast. 
<laughs> you Fab. don't know you're hungry till you get it. Fab. <laughs> but it's true, do you isn't know? it? Do you remember and then the... you're like that. <laughs> yeah. God, Joking. Zoe, do you remember when um, you had your screening of um, Mr. Malcolm's list? I do. And you were heavily, heavily pregnant with I your son. Was. I was. I didn't get a photo with you that night. No, stopped. but it was hectic for you. <laughs> it was hectic. you were, I mean, eight months or something, like properly yeah. pregnant. Yeah. yeah. And it was a screening of a film that was a, a period drama with uh, an ensemble cast of black, brown, white, lots of different kinds of people yeah. and that might not seem like a big thing but when we first got there I was like I wonder why Zowie's done this period drama this is quite an interesting thing because I didn't feel like you'd done something like it before and me and our mutual friend Zays, you know Zays, yeah, we were all talking and Zowie said no this is so important mm. yeah. for us to be seen in places like this and yeah. it's just something like as simple as a period drama which is like a sort of fabric of British entertainment yeah. to not see us in those makes has made an impact on my life to see that film I was like oh this does look different of course there's the Bridgerton effect of course but mm. it's still one show does not fix it you, to keep going. I'm just to interested. Keep doing it does, I thought it was very interesting. You, that really stayed with me that you said there's a, a very powerful reason that we've done this. It's not just to do a romantic comedy. I've never. I've literally never felt so radical than when I was looking back at myself in the mirror in like curls and a bonnet mm. in a yeah. corset. Yeah. I was like, this is punk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is the new radical revolutionary wave for me mm. thinking about my career because it was so layered guys honestly like I'm really glad you brought it up Makita because it was like deep mm. and the film is like frothy and lovely and amazing and maybe even somewhat soporific you could watch it and be like <laughs> No, I'm so happy. <laughs> Nothing bad happened. Yes, it's very I'm gentle. ready to go to my bed. Everything you want those films to be. Yes, gentle, wholesome, wholesome yeah, beautiful, funny, funny, and yet underneath romantic. that, underneath that, the process was so different and not negative, mm. just layered, like deeply layered. So, like the first time I read the script I was sort of in this space where I was kind of comparing it maybe to other rom-coms you know just finding that modern day anchor uh, uh, as to what my in you know inroad was going to be it's mm. kind of like Bridget Jones it's kind of like um uh my best friend's wedding right. and these other like revenge rom-coms from yeah. the 90s mm -hmm. early 2000s I'm just gonna you know find this like completely modern day context for how to get under the skin. And then of course you have to then start doing the research, the history, the reality of the period and all the rest of it. But then what you also have to do is like find yourself in it. Cause you right. always have to do that. There's all the outside stuff that you do as an actor, the research. And, and then you have to go, where's my heart, what I call heartline to, to the character. Right. And quite honestly, I was suddenly like, this is an immigrant story. Right. This woman in 1818, London, who's terrified of not assimilating properly, who's terrified of being ostracised from society, who's so worried that she's going to put a foot wrong and then suddenly be right at the bottom of this sort of social pecking order that she's tried so hard to climb. I was like, this is this is kind of my mum's story. Wow. Oh my goodness. Um, because so there was she's somewhat all the villain these... in the film. Not yeah. the villain, but kind of stirs it up. She's the stirrer. Oh, she's the stirrer. <laughs> yeah. But that's deep. It I was hate. so deep. Mm. And then there were moments where I was having to say, you know, lines like, you know, this is England. Right. <laughs> And this is English society. This is how it works. And if you scorn me, I'm done. Mm. And of course, there could be an actor who plays that with absolutely no subjects going on in their mind necessarily at all. But for me, and I know some of the rest of the cast, there were just these moments where it was like, it's this like is so much deeper. And, and I think that we call it accidental politics. Obviously, that wasn't accidental. But having that mm. kind of subtext... Yeah. in those kind of spaces is really I mean there's there's you know there's docudrama there's all the sorts of things where we can explore migrant stories and diaspora yeah. Yeah. and multicultural worlds and Thanks all the you. worlds that we come from and the way that our world lives and works yeah. and all of that yeah. but actually to also do it within that kind of framework yeah. is really important because it doesn't Absolutely. make it this story about other people yeah. it makes it a story about the fabric of the world that we live in and I just, I'm always 100%. saying uh, this country is a country of migrant people, whatever colour you are. You know, and most people don't 
I'm not like ancient Britons, are they? <laughs> They're like French and Dutch and Spanish and mm. Italian and Irish and, you know, people come from I, all, all over, over, everywhere. That's why it's so crazy to me when sometimes there's this outcry when we are diversifying this particular genre of the period drama. There's this outcry of like, Historical accuracy. And I'm like, yeah, but did what we did not you have Australians playing like English monarchs? Did we not have like Americans yeah. like stepping in and play? And also, what did you find out in your research about the the actual facts of that historical time, which was black people were there in society in we different were ways? There. I ended up going so far back that I started to listen to fantastic podcasts and read great, you know, books about the black Romans. Oh, so you know, interesting. I'm like, this is like so <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> England is like, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, uh, black I'm Romans. seeing black princes, I'm seeing black kings, yeah. right. I'm right. seeing black, like, Open up the door. soldiers, right. inventors of, of very historical machinery. But also, one of the most moving things was the, the joyfulness. You know, I've, d- I've done a lot of gritty stuff in my time, my career, which I, lo- which I love, actually. You know, I absolutely adore, like, the gritty BAFTA side of it. Oh, yeah, what, yeah, what we call gritty BAFTA. Gritty oh, BAFTA. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, no. No bra. You know, <laughs> lips are dry. No bra. <laughs> don't cream your skin. Skirt. Just leave don't it. Just leave it. it. Yeah, don't Is that skirt. dreams of a life? <laughs> That's more the dreams of a life side. <laughs> but the joy that I got from doing these scenes with these actors was, again, also the radical thing. I mean, you know, Black Joy is a sort of social media invented phrase that we sort of throw around, but I love it. It, You two are an extreme example and guiding light of Black Joy for me. And I was just like, I'm messing around. I was like, this is what my peers have been doing all these years in these dramas. It's just like (sighs) horsing about, Mm. having a brilliant, light, joyful time. And being able to be a frothy comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And not having to always be like, and then she became a prostitute. And then it went terribly. (laughs) That's what happens to black women. Do you know what I mean? Yes, so very true. So that, was, that was radical. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Because my whole thing is that I started at 15. And I was like, I think Sally was younger than me. I started age six. Oh, oh my goodness. In a show called Jackanory. You were in Jackanory? We're taking it back. I was in Jackanory in one episode. And actually, it started when I wrote this book ages ago. And it sort of was kind of little chapters from my life and career. Yes. And I sort of revisited this as a chapter. I was basically a six-year-old girl playing the character of six-year-old girl. <laughs> Epic. And, um, big reach, then. Big, big reach. Stretch, yeah, yeah. <laughs> method. You know. I'm already going six. method. Wasn't yeah. I, I really like, like this feels right. This feels right. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, Mum, I just feel like it's meant for me. It feels good. It just feels good. <laughs> but that was like a big deal. It was like BBC and they yeah. used to send you a letter saying thanks so much for like... Agreeing to play six-year-old girl. Uh, <laughs> we really look forward to seeing you. Yeah, I've still got it. Oh, I mean, that's, yeah. Did uh, you love it? Did you love being on set? I've been doing this. 
I did. I think there's something so strange about young kids who know what they want to do. Right. And I very much wasn't like a um, stage school kid. And actually, my brilliant teacher, Anna Cher, I don't know if you've... Who just uh, passed who away. Who just passed away. brilliant woman. Absolutely. And this was a stage school that was for kids that didn't have money. Or, didn't have money, mm. didn't have necessarily even an ambition to act, but yeah. just wanted to gain confidence and communication skills and like that's such a nice rough it, like starting you know, point isn't it, it, oh, it rather amazing. than i want to be famous you know what i mean you literally walked in i met up with a, a, one of the other people that i grew up with in that school reggie yates who oh, you know, oh. and he reminded me that there used to be a sign above the door as you walked in saying there is no such thing as star or fame oh. And that was the rhetoric of that place. It's like, you come to act, you come to learn. Anna was a self-proclaimed integrationist, an Irish Jew who had a picture of Martin Luther King on one side and a map of Africa and, you know, Gandhi quotes on another wall. What a place. Uh, You know, map of Ireland. What a beautiful Um, thing for a kid. It was just absolutely amazing. And she encouraged individualism and basically activism like whenever I used to sort of put my hand up and ask a question or speak I don't know why she called me this but she used to go oh there she is my little activist Aww. I was like what does that mean yeah. has it got something to do with acne because you're back to acne again <laughs> but that was the great thing about Anna she didn't like sugarcoat anything for yeah. you know the young ones it was just all kind of um this huge like learning curve and I went home and be like what's an activist Cathy Burke went there yeah. didn't she Amanda Mealing who's my dear dear great great oh, sister amazing. friend she went there Linda Robson Pauline Quirt oh, like, yeah, the list of people yeah, that time Daniel Kaluuya there you go oh. It's very interesting to hear you say she um, believed in individualism and activism and to bring a bring a child's mind and soul to life. Yeah. And you can feel that in the people that went through those doors because they yeah. have a drive and a kind of sense of self and purpose yes. yeah. that isn't really present in other states. Most state schools sort of knock that out of kids. Yeah. And her that man of share seems to have done absolutely the opposite. So absolutely. cheers to her. Absolutely. I feel like we should, I think oh, we should just absolutely. to the good lady. What a thing to, what to the good lady and to put in the world. What yeah. To the good lady. To the what, great you teachers crying, of our world. <laughs> so she cries all the time now. I want, to, I want to have a bit of a cry. But the other thing was, you know, she would stop classes for any news in like current events. So I remember wow. the week Stephen Lawrence was murdered. We had no class. We just went in and whether you were eight or 18, we just talked about how we felt about what had happened about what had happened and what it meant and um uh and I like I really remember um a moment where there had been in the newspaper a an instance where a young black boy had gone to audition for the mil- the new milky bar kid oh. and had been turned away and again, she was like, we're not having class today. We need to talk about why about this is you know, Love that. wrong. And, and Reggie was saying the other day, he was like, Sal, like, think about it. She didn't use to sort of preface it with any, uh, this trigger is an warning. important conversation. <laughs> Already tri- trigger warning. Yeah. Trigger yeah. warnings yeah. be damned. And she was just like, this is the world. What do you think? Eight-year-old, yeah. hey, tell us your emotion. That's he was great. like, that's all seeped in. That's yes. amazing. Uh, what yes. a gift. Yeah. Should we talk about your Zowie obsession now? Uh, in a minute. <laughs> okay, I'll talk about the Zowie obsession. So we did a McVitie's job, uh, a campaign. It was actually, it was great. Um, it was a mental health Yeah, thing be kind called, uh, about talking. Be listening. kind to your mind. Be kind to your mind. This is about four years ago. Basically, I wanted my career back, Zowie. And mum well, was... We can talk about the Mikita Sons. <laughs> which I'm obsessed with. Beyonce is having her Renaissance. Makita's having her Makita's I like it. Thanks, okay. Alex. So, in the middle of this, so we were just us chatting over biscuits, basically. <laughs> and then there were some questions they gave us. And one of the questions was, Who do you really admire? Who and, do you think is amazing? And I said, Oh, I really I don't want that because I really don't know. And she said, Well, there is someone you won't shut up about at the moment. And I said, Well, Zari Ashton. She was like, Yes. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, I, I really respect that she is. Um, producing and directing and writing. I just love that you were always doing something else and using 
the fact that you'd had this lengthy career of so many different things and using it to just kind of have autonomy in different things. And it felt like you had freedom and you were doing really well at everything you touched. I was just like, this chick is killing it. And and you just look great. I was just obsessed. And then the second question question went, so which person living or dead would you like to talk to? She went, (laughs) Sally Ashton. And I went, get a bit creepy. (laughs) Get a little bit creepy. And I just want to be near her. It literally means everything to me. She's like, stop telling that story no but for you to say to me that you see what I'm doing and what I've done in the last few years I've always seen it it means so much to me like I feel like there was some unspoken code between like anyone brown essentially who was trying to navigate worlds that were not necessarily feeling hugely open that was very real I remember the cute like baby doll dresses that you used to wear and I'd be like and the loafers I'd be like I could never pull that off can I pull that off I'm gonna try and pull it off I will not leave it alone because it was I so think because you're the same age as well yes. you're probably watching each other like yeah. oh she because you you know you could that's like that's what happens isn't you it? look a little sister in either two yeah. of you do you know what I mean so it's like this girl looks I like me assume the same that. age as thank me thank you <laughs> me yes. too thank you so I love much I <laughs> I want to talk about Broadway. Oh, dear, yes, yes. You. So now we've, well, now we know about Anna Cher and kind of uh, that, that experience. Oh and what my god! So, and that, that does put your career and your work into context, actually, that you that you have that yes. as a foundation stone, that work that you did with Anna Cher, with Anna Cher, with all Absolutely. those, with all your peers as well. Yeah. So it's not just yeah. you, it's like you and a whole bunch of other people. This is how you're going to go out in the yeah. world and pursue artistic endeavor yeah. and creative thought and process and all of that. What yeah. brilliant, brilliant building blocks. And then you have this amazing t- work because we've been Googling you basically. This is how you do research now, Googling. <laughs> but we've been looking you up. And looking at it, and it's like, gosh, she's done so many interesting things. Yeah. And each thing takes you a next step, next step, next step, next step. But you always seem to take. Thank you. Re- you make really good choices. Oh, thank so, you. And I think that's very important because it's so easy. We were talking to Miss Anne Harriman the other day. Oh, two days ago he's just, just brilliant divine. just divine but he divine. said oh, it's so important champion. for black and brown people to not feel grateful yeah it's not about the, it's like when you're in the room they think oh god I'm in the room it's like right now I'm in the room what am I going to do next next what thread do I want to pull out what choice am I going to make what steps am I going to make you're, what do you say dream both? bigger jump higher and you seem to be a person who embodies that Zoe really honestly I really am do. taking this all in because I feel <laughs> the opposite do you <laughs> really what the last kind no, of few months of motherhood it. When I hear you guys saying this to me, it was just so lovely. I never feel that way. Mm. What do you mean? You know, I mean, Isn't you'd be a bit of a dick if you sat maybe around going, you "Hey, who I am?" Would. Yeah, but you've got to, you've got to be able to look at what you've done and who you are, and, and the things you've done because of who you are. Like, yeah, it's so important. I mean, for instance, the mm. fact that you're in now the new Marvel film. Excuse me. Which okay. is so next level. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm, Excuse so, me. I'm saving that bit. It's the sequel to Captain Marvel. <laughs> I'm obsessed with all those Marvel films. Right, like so, we're going to come back. We'll to get there, but Broadway, Broadway, still huge things to do. Go to America on that Broadway level. Broadway was huge. Well, did talk, it feel big? It felt big because, like you were saying just now about choices and maybe how it looks like I make my choices. Yeah, there's been really huge periods of time in my career where. I've said no to a lot of stuff. Right. I suppose I look at my CV and I go, oh, there's that little period of time where you went off to write because the roles that were coming in were so, like, reductive or not putting the right message out into the world, essentially. If I could put the list of things that I've said no to up against my CV, people would be like, you effing crazy. It's really better than your actual CV, love. Oh, really? But in lots of ways, I think... I always felt like I could only do things that were just energetically adding rather than taking and that sit right in your away, spirit. that sit right in my soul. Mm. And so that meant saying no to a lot because it's taken a long time for this pendulum that we see swinging now. I mean, really. To swing. And um, so going off and doing other things was, I think, partly my interest and my taste level. Mm. But sometimes it was literally like survival or um you know or a survival instinct taking me to a new opportunity like I ended up hosting a late night experimental film show 
called oh, Random Acts. Oh, did you? Did you? Oh, yeah, Random Acts. Yeah, I did for like three seasons. Oh, my at midnight. Oh my like, god! That's not advancing one's kind of, <laughs> you know, profile or career. But, but you just fancied it. I was asked to do it, and I was like, "This is perfect," because actually, the more narrative-driven stuff isn't feeling that um, vital at the moment whereas this really is and they'd sort of hit a bit of a wall with it and then I started hosting it and got really involved with like so many aspects of the writing of it and the presenting of it yeah and um, suddenly instead of like eight thousand views young up-and-coming filmmakers were getting like eight million views wow. on YouTube and like wow. it became like a proper launching pad for, for new filmmaking talent I think it is adding to your CV and your toolkit and everything else and I, I've done hundreds of things that like literally under the radar no one even noticed but for me yeah. everything you do I always say to Makita yeah. everything is something everything is something yes everything is something yes. so everything you do do it to the best of your ability give it everything you've got yeah you never know what you're going to get yeah. and gain yes. and what growth you're going to find in each thing even if you're yeah. working I love working in a bar I love working in a bar do it all right do it all well you do don't know yeah you don't know and actually both my parents started out as teachers and oh did they yeah my mom's a teacher. and so there are times still to this day where they will get approached by people you know up in their 50s and be told that if it hadn't been for them mm. their lives would have gone in a completely different wow, direction and yeah. wow. um, you know, someone recently approached my dad and was like, thank you so much for believing in me. Oh, my God. Um, oh, I can't remember which school it was. It was, you know, one of these comprehensive schools, sort of East mm. London, North West London. So they both worked in comprehensive schools yeah. around East and North West. Yeah, and he was like, you gave me this new way of thinking about... Um, sort of the passion that he had I think it was in engineering um I was dyslexic everyone's writing me off uh oh it's God. all because of you you that moment and my parents are very humble they're like no surely not but they're like no really like yeah there was this path and then there was this path and you came along and I got to go down that way so yeah straight up it's like the road less traveled <laughs> you're exactly as you're saying the road less traveled is my favorite poem of all time you're right you don't know what energy you're putting out and yeah, the effect yeah. and it's so that important it to bring have. your whole being to everything that you do from the outside people and and also having such a lengthy career filled with so much people from the outside would say life's pretty great for zoe ashton it does seem like there's a lot of light in your life right now how does that affect the you the with work yeah the, what is it like when your life is light and fulfilled and satisfied you have to go and get it you have to go and get your life, I think, mm. as, especially as an actor. But going all the way back to the Broadway conversation again, mm. you know, I had quit acting before you Broadway had? came along. You I was, I was just done. The pendulum hadn't swung. Right. We didn't have the Little Mermaid. Right. Reboot. No, this is off the back of Fresh Meat ending, and that's like yeah. a long, lengthy job, and it was yeah. so, it was so huge and everywhere, and regular as an actor, you know, regular as an actor. <laughs> but also, like when you come out of an ensemble show that's been successful, it's a lottery of how to transform, how to zawasance. Yes. Because um, no, <laughs> people go, oh, surely you want to do the same thing over and over no, again, not really. right? And you're like. No, I'm I'm an actor. I'm not a I'm not God. I'm not like a mimic. Like I don't want to like do the same you're thing. Not a the God time. on the stage. No, no, exactly. <laughs> not cartoon. List. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not a cartoon. Human. I'm a human being with <laughs> aspirations and thoughts, and yeah, yeah, yeah it's just their fear. So it was hard to weirdly break out of fresh meat in lots of ways. Mm. But I just got to a point where I was like, there's not enough intention coming towards my intention from the industry that I'm yes. in. So. What do I do? And I just thought, follow the happy people. Yeah. Watch, watch what they do. It was before we were talking about AI in any serious way. I was oh, like, yeah. be AI. Right. Watch them assimilate their behaviour right. and hope that you end up in the same place that they were. So and was that the theatre immediately? Lots of people, no, were, were quitting jobs in acting, jobs in the arts, moving to Margate, which is a beautiful oh, haven right. for I know all so many people listening. <laughs> so basically just out there having a jolly, really. <laughs> but it was like this thing where I was like, okay, you can see that people are quitting this industry, moving to a place that doesn't feel like... Every single one of your pennies has to go on, you know, rent or yeah. a night out or an event or whatever. 
everyone's getting back to nature. People are starting families. People are starting new businesses filled with these like great mottos that we're throwing out today, you know, like live with intention, you know. Um, so I did all of that and right. I stopped. And that's where I ended up writing my book. And the process mm. of writing it was like a re-editing of my thoughts, feelings, like therapy, um, all these things that we're talking about that hadn't necessarily landed in one place because I hadn't given myself time to sit with them and um, look at them. And so I was really done. And then all the work that ended up coming after that was work I was meant for, was work that was suddenly infused with incredible people. I was suddenly part of systems that really functioned projecting that or something so when I got to betrayal I was like this is the happiest family that you could have and we're doing a play called betrayal it's very Mm. you know dark but the system was so beautiful and I think we all did our best work and I think we all ended up flourishing in our (laughs) lives yeah in in every way (laughs) and all three of you it was your first Broadway show is that yeah. right so this is tom yeah. middleston charlie cox and, and you yeah Sorry, i mean what tom, your, your your baby father the father of your child, oh, tom. child and we were never supposed to go you know oh. we did it in the west end and we were like it's been amazing oh. it's been great and then um well we were never supposed to do it even in the west end tom and i had done a reading at a gala to raise money for the oh. Charities that right. Harold Pinter supported in yes. his life. So it's, it's a play gala. by Harold Pinter. Let's be clear. It's a play by Harold play Pinter. Play by Harold Pinter. Pinter. And we did this reading together at a gala of, of the central scene in that play. And everyone was like, oh, so you're rehearsing Betrayal? We were like, no, we just met. We just like, <laughs> no, we rehearsed the scene just did it. Oh, so like, that's interesting. So yeah. you just, so the first thing you did with your, with someone that you were going to have a, a whole huge part of your life, life with yeah. was something quite even intense. You didn't yeah. just like go for a quick drink or have some lunch. You're like, should we do this really intense scene from Betrayal? Pinder, yeah, <laughs> at a gala was. in front of people. But I wonder if that reshuffling of the cards that I'd been doing just, you know, led me to my one of my favourite playwrights, led me mm. to one of my favourite directors, Jamie Lloyd, who directed it, led me to this new, um, what are your favourite literal people? new no, family. Uh, yeah, li- literal. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Come now. <laughs> Looking for family and made a family from that that search in a way but it's like but it's not it's about relinquishing the other shit yeah, isn't it it's yeah, about you have letting to. go basically I'm sorry I don't want to go to red carpet events anymore there are other things that are feeding my soul that interest right. me more that make me see a much more varied unique soul fulfilling career yeah and mm. I don't want to need anything I want to just feel free Mm-hmm. But, and the thing is, you will go back to red carpet. Of course. And I yeah. went back to acting, but I had to give it that break because it was taking from the other things that I needed to really blossom in my life. And you need to make space. You have to That's make it. space. That's it. End of story. And I don't know if you guys believe in this hypersensitive new um, <laughs> new uh, label or like yeah, um, what, yeah, what is Google it? diagnosis <laughs> called <laughs> hypersensitivity. Well, where you just everything. Yeah, that's what, I mean, I'm a bit like, I mean, I that's why I was weeping at the restaurant that I didn't want to be in. Oh, that's I love like, that. You, you, you're probably living in a body that divides up really simple things that lots of people just see like three or four options into right. like 25 20. options. Right. And that's where your, you know, genius comes from and that's where your flair comes from. I've just got to be happy. If I'm happy, then I can do good work. Yeah. If I don't believe it, then it's crap. I think that's my For point. me and everybody yeah. around me. I mean, that's <laughs> But then, and I was raised by this woman, so I think for me, when it starts feeling like not me, like not, yeah. and also because of the work I've done in the last three years on myself, and like discovering yeah. faith in a new way, and and Oprah, <laughs> oh, no Oprah. joke, no yes, joke, no Oprah, no um, joke. I think that there's just something I know it too quickly now when something doesn't align with my soul. I'm yeah. like, no, I feel it quick, and I want to make a move quick, but also in a fun way. The last three years have been very like it's time to learn the lessons and another challenge here. It'd be nice to go, I'm going to do this now yeah. because I want to. It's just yeah. that choice. And I can, and I don't need to be afraid to follow my spirit. I need to say one thing Ugh. about gratitude. Oh, yes. When I say you don't need to be grateful to be in the room, I mean you don't need to feel like uh, people are doing you a favour. Yeah. I am eternally grateful for my life and the brilliant people and the beautiful things in it and the the choices I get to make. But I am also aware that I gave myself that power. Absolutely. Nobody gave me that power. Nobody told me that, well, my mum's pretty cool. But But those rooms never told us. No, those rooms never told me that I could make 
elbow room for myself and all of yeah. that stuff. So I'm really grateful that I gave, I'm grateful to myself. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. And I am grateful to myself for being brave yeah. and, you know, taking a leap of faith every Never single quitting. time. Never quitting. Also, like, you know, being prepared yeah. to live what some would people would perceive to be the harder life. You know, not having any money, being a single parent, doing all that stuff. To me, that was a healthier, happier option yeah. than trying to cram myself or shape myself into something that didn't feel right for me. I just was never able to do that because of the way my brain and my spirit work. I'm just not that kind of person. I don't mean that in some sort of twatty way. No, but, but it's no. the classic image of the, you know, the billionaire in their, you know, high-rise apartment yeah, yeah. staring into the middle distance. On their own. On every antidepressant yeah. going. And they literally have access to anything that they might yeah. want. And are sitting in a little flat with young like... Young child in a field with goats. Right. You know, it's and like, like I, you that's know, me. Tray of chicken wings and 20 like, mates like, having a great time. Yeah. So, Put on some more James <laughs> Brown. Right. right. Zoe, I live on the water and like the, me and the swans have a better time than me at events right now. Yeah. <laughs> my soul's not here guys I have nothing to give do you remember bumping into each other at the British Fashion, Fashion Awards. Awards red carpet absolutely and we were is, freezing this in I mean this scrum of like. people <laughs> and I literally turned around and you were there and I think I said something like I'm really not enjoying this no <laughs> We were like at the most glamorous bus stop in the world. It was like me, Zoe, Demi Moore, Madonna. We're like, oh god. And it's just a very difficult process. Like, I mean, when you're in it and you're like, I'm hustling, I'm getting my picture, yeah. I've got repositioning to do. This is yeah. fun. I love getting yeah. dressed up. I had a great time the last few years, and it's been beautiful to get my career back and have it feel so visual and have you say things like Makita songs. Makes me feel like right. It's a t-shirt. But it makes me feel like okay, I did something, but that's okay to go and that was then yeah. and this is now what's yeah. next I want to produce what's more next? that yeah. fills my soul I love directing I have two really exciting new projects that I just want to dive into and bathe in and I just like to be a really a, a producer who likes clothes <laughs> rather than someone right. who's like being glamorous all the time doesn't feel close to my soul also you don't have to, to do, do one thing nobody is no. one thing I've never done one thing in my life I've always had a several plates spinning and now I'm in a place where I've just I've got a bit of you know empowerment in yeah. the industry that I work in yeah. I can do a show about food I can do a show yeah. about music I can host yeah. the proms yeah. and Great British Menu yeah. Yeah. and do a rally car drive across Asia with Nikita yeah. Yeah. and there are many parts of me we are allowed to be many faceted and the messaging is so opposite to that. I think yeah. sometimes, especially in the UK, you know, there's this phrase that we've heard since we were born, like, oh, jack of all trades, master of none, is yeah, it? And so you're like, bollocks. well, <laughs> actually, there is part of our lineage that is about tribes and yes. about finding tribes and within that tribe, finding your place you know finding where you feel useful we were talking to charlotte Menser the other day who's like that incredible hair rejuvenation artist charlotte was telling us about her grandma who was like she cooked she made clothes for everybody she knew how to fix shoes she had like five or six she's on she's a hustler she helped yeah. the grandpa with like his business like you 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 had to know everything you, you had did. to yeah. be good at more than one thing and because it wasn't about pursuing a dream and picking your vocation it was yeah. survival it was wanting to feel like you could look after anyone and yourself if necessary. Yeah. And it's not true that doing loads of different things means you don't master anything. I uh -uh. just think it's a, it's this, it's one of that's one of those. It's um, just like a story. It's, just, it's a construct yeah. from somebody I don't know who it's. Uh, some some untalented bastard. Some, <laughs> some <laughs> dry <laughs> piece of something, something. Some dry person who can only do one sorry, thing. Can you can you can manage it, but we got it. <laughs> sorry for you. Sorry for you. Um, I think we're gonna be okay. But I. I, I wrote this play a few years ago called For All the Women Who Thought They Were Mad that was on mm. in Stoke Newington. But I bring it up because that play was sort of exploring... Oh, God, it was exploring lots of different things. It was too big to go into now. <laughs> <laughs> black women, mental health, you know, black maternal care. Yes. Assimilation in the West, if you are someone from, you know, the African diaspora. Anyway, mm. I bring it up because when I wrote that play... People would just be like, well, why do you want to talk about this? Like, why have you structured the play this way? And um, I, I was sort of met with quite a hostile response sometimes yes. when I was trying to get the play performed. So I had to really go back to something that I could sort of root myself in. And so I started to really research theatre mm. on the continent of Africa. And actually, it's sad 
to find some of the research because there is very little known pre-colonialization. Um, but one of the main things that came through so viscerally to me is theatre was used as a way to solve problems. Mm -hmm. Theatre was a mechanism for like reaching out to your community mm -hmm. and saying like, what do we do about this thing right. and so audiences were supposed to interject and be involved they could change the ending if they wanted to you could you know call out the ending that you felt was right and oh, the actors one would... interesting th way to discuss what's going on around you and in the world around you but i think that is you know probably in our dna yeah and so when you're being asked to just do or perform without context without or... that context yeah. or without that why it just you just go well how will this serve the community how mm. will this make things better after i do the thing mm -hmm. um, what does it leave behind what what is the point what is the intention again what go am i going to leave better, behind going, what am i doing yeah and if, yeah. You, if you do one thing you go it didn't happen there and you go well i'll do this other thing and maybe it'll happen yeah. there and yeah. okay maybe it also there are transferable skills like the things yeah. that made me a good singer and performer are the things that make me a good chef, are the things that make me a good it's broadcaster. So it's like, true. It's, like it's, about, it's about being able to connect to something in yourself that it's means you so are telling a truth that is right there and right then and tangible and really important for you yeah. in that moment, you know. Guys, we have to talk about Marvel. Oh my God, we have oh to God, talk about Marvel. There's so much to talk about. We knew this was going to happen. We're so over. We We've got to talk about this moment because it is a bloody oh. moment. And I'm a massive Marvel. I absolutely obsessed. am obsessed, right? <laughs> so Captain Marvel, I love. So tell me who you're playing and why go on. So <laughs> I, I love that you're obsessed. This is the I thing. Love them. When I got offered it, I was instantly like, all I want to do is make the fans okay and happy. And it came through this really chance uh, meeting, what's called a general meeting in our industry, where you sort of meet up with a director or a producer and there's nothing necessarily on the table. You're just generally sussing out each other's mm. vibes. That's intense. <laughs> that was intense. And I had that meeting with Nia DaCosta, who directed our mm. film, at the beginning of the lockdown, and we connected over, like, Jane Austen and, like, English literature. We just, like, geeked out for about an hour and a half. And at the end, it was like, well, we don't know if our industry's ever coming back. You know, right. what is this COVID thing? Yeah. We can't really do what we do unless we're in close proximity to each other. Humans. So yeah. we're probably going to be the first industry to go. So. Right, so it was like right at the beginning of it, right? Yeah, right, right at the beginning. So we said, if we see each other on the other side of this, let's collaborate. And then she offered me this role in this film. Oh and so I got this call. And it was like the night of the storm on the Capitol. Oh, my goodness. And I was watching this unfold in the news. And I was like, oh, my God, this is one of the most horrific things I've ever seen. And then this unknown American number started calling my phone. I was like, do I know someone in the Capitol? <laughs> oh, my Calling for help. Why are they calling me? Surely they know I can't help. Oh, God. What will I do? I was like, if I pick up, I'll be implicated in something. Right. Am I an insurrectionist? Am I there? Am I there? What's going on? Exactly. Is it Trump? Why me? Can't help you, Donald. Why me? It's too late. But actually, it's the director. <laughs> it was the, it was my team of, of sort of agents that when they call you, a weird American number comes up. So they were like, Nia DaCosta's got this thing she wants to talk to you about. I was like, okay, great. What is it? Is it the, like the little movie, you know, it was sort of the indie the film indie that we, we talked discussed. about. And they were like, not so much. Um, and then Nia, yeah, said, I want to offer you the, the villain in <gasps> Captain Marvel. Are you the villain? Are we surprised? No, and I fabulous. <laughs> but how fabulous. What are you called? And it has been, it has been fabulous. Her name is Darben and she's been gender switched from the comics to the film <laughs> you're gonna love it i'm like it's beyond it's like you I'm are gonna a little be feverish. the look you're gonna be gagged this the is, look so good. is 
this is gag huge for her. Really? Yeah, it's, oh, it's great. But, but again, it was so out of the blue. It's not something that I yeah. had been pursuing, like thinking about. And like the way that you get a role as an actor is always the way that the job goes. Right. It's so weird. If you have to really like fight for something, you get there on set the first day and you're like... Why should I fight for this? It's really difficult. Yeah, yeah, Why should I want to do this? I should have just let Kate. Yeah, should have just let you let know Kate Winslet do this. This is stressful. Don't like, don't I didn't fight. No one likes me. They're yeah. looking at me like I shouldn't be here. Yeah. I fought tooth and nail to be in this room. Anyway, so that's like one version. And then sometimes you get this surprise, like come and do this thing that you weren't expecting. There. And so you turn up on set like. Hi! Yeah. Yeah. Really saw- <laughs> yeah, like I haven't been chasing this. This How is just coming. Kind of- yeah. Amazing. I, this is a massive surprise. Yeah. And I'm just going to make the most of it. What's um, a Marvel set like, Zoe? Is it like Hendon? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. Is Tell me you like went to Los Angeles. Exactly like No. It. No. I don't want to do this to a fan. I can I mean, hear this. It's too much fourth wall being broken <laughs> yeah, here for me. I'm like, like, it's actually fucking broccoli. No, where, where do you, where do you, where does it, where does it film? We, we film at these lovely studios called Pinewood Studios. Where oh, all yeah. The, you know, oh, all Pinewood. the legend, Pinewood, Pinewood, legendary people have been through. But, but it's, it's a not... big situation. It's Marvel. It's big. It's blue. So scary. green. The I mean, reason... That's a bit weird, isn't it? So because you're constantly you're fighting a sort of se- saber-toothed, seven-headed, weird beast thing, sort of thing. That. Yeah. So the reason why it was scary, which is a reason that I didn't think about... Super laser! Yeah. Oh, it didn't work! <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, oh, shit, I'm on a Marvel <laughs> film set. <laughs> In the spaceship, okay. Um, and on my first day, I was literally... So I felt like I was doing the longest scene that's ever been written in Marvel history. <laughs> it was like pages long. I thought I was like, I thought this was supposed to be really like quick fire. You know, quite, again, quite soundbite. It was just supposed to be like... Sort of monologue. Cool line, stance, cool line, and you're out. look great, yeah. leave. Leave. This is like a play. I was like, I'm back on Broadway, but it's Marvel. Okay, how do we do this? And I had to basically like walk up a space mountain, mountain in space. So there's a huge pile of rubble surrounded by this blue screen. And I have this weapon, this fantastic universal weapon, which is essentially a very big hammer. And oh. I'm like, how do I do? Like the cameras are rolling. And well, I'm well, like a Thor, like Thor's hammer. Is it like Thor? It's more slender. Wait, oh, hang on, okay. isn't Tom Thor? No, no, he's no, he's, uh, he's oh, Loki. Thank you, Mum. Don't ask her, ask me. <laughs> she might be having a baby with him. I'm the one with the details, right? Excuse me, he's Loki. Excuse me, Thank I'm you, the expert here. <laughs> okay, so it's a different. Wow. So this I'm kid walking has got too quite interesting. Oh my god! Like that's Marvel pretty cool. Start saving for the therapy bill. <laughs> uh, so we're walking up this space mountain. Of course. I'm literally like. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. Do you know what popped into my head? Ooh. Rafiki from The Lion King. Oh, I was sure. like, who's the last person I've seen like walk proudly with like a staff? Yeah. It's Rafiki. And Rafiki does it brilliantly. Does what? it brilliantly. So a I'm walking up the mountain. Giving it Rafiki. I'm like, okay, now I'm at the top of the mountain. I need to walk over here. I need to break open like an ancient catacomb. Sure. Uh, how do you do that? Do you raise your arm high? Is it a low down thing? How, Are we where, kind of going, where is the door of a going in the side? Where is the door of a catacomb? <laughs> no one's explained this to me. This is captured on camera. We could look at the outtakes if we wanted to at some stage in my career. And I was like, okay, I'm in the catacomb. I'm like, oh, now I have to rummage in the uh, debris of the catacomb the to find a magic bangle. Right. I have to put on the magic bangle and then have to do what I think might happen when you put when a, you magic a magic bangle, bangle. on. Um, and also, the debris seems to have been made from like a really expensive cat litter, which is basically <laughs> filling my lungs and airways. It's fine, carry on, be cool. Um, get to the next bit where, yeah, I get blasted and I have to like, you know, shoot a laser back. Oh, yes, and then the, the hammer was supposed to hover, but no one had really worked out how it was supposed to hover. So basically, I had to like give it to this poor. I shouldn't be giving these secrets away. No, there was a lovely young man. And he had to dress head to toe green, green lycra. Yeah. He didn't bank on that being his day. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like, worming along. Hol- towards, making it hover. Towards wherever I end up. <laughs> to make standing, Like a little green worm. To catch the hammer whenever <laughs> it needs to be hovering. 
Um, and it didn't always work. Sometimes it like it fell on my head. I mean, you're just the magic, the, Sally. <laughs> the magic, the magic, the it's magic. It's important to keep the magic somewhat alive. It's also life. worth saying this was all happening the day Kevin Feige visited set. Who's that? So, the head of Marvel. Oh, oh, oh yes, of course. Yes, so he's watching the monitor, just watching me, just like <laughs> wandering be, about, like completely kind of like asthma attacked by the. But, cat like the cat litter, but this, the hammer falling on my head, the bangle flew off down into this cavern at one point. But I just must have been thinking, get this girl off myself. But this is a moment where you go, my career's taking me to somewhere I've never been. Why would you know what to do with a hovering hammer? You right. wouldn't. Mm. And that, that is where the pleasure yeah. of that job right. came. Inner child yeah. healing. Yes. Um, can we see? Can you show? Can we get a picture of Zowie? I want to see this powerful bit. <laughs> oh! Oh! oh there's the hammer. Excuse me. Look at the fit. Hello. Okay, so I feel like if you get up in the morning and they do that to you and you get that, by day four, you're like, let's do this. But that I'm feeling the shoulders. That was the process. Oh, I know. The, the hair, makeup, this is a, this is costume, like, God, it is a bit of a moment. team. Oh, Leg look nice. You actually look like this. You look yes. amazing. Oh, my God. And actually, you're going to be like flying through the air. And there's something yeah. incredible about within your career becoming a superhero of any kind. Getting in there, get, getting trained up. Yes. Getting really strong, really powerful. Oh, amazing. It was a huge opportunity that I always thought, you know, like you with your skip school, you're like, oh, I'm not really a mover. I was never encouraged at school. Do you know what I mean? You're like, you just basically walked up to... Tennis, you know, what's it even called? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that you remember that, that I started skip school, but that's now ropes. Um, but I messaged and, you when I got the job yes. and said, can you send me that packet? Oh. I didn't know. But I couldn't so have powerful. told you. She's like, can I get one of those skipping ropes? I was like, yes, I soon. Yeah, whatever. So to get Didn't know ready you, like, for Marvel. As part of my Marvel training. That would have been amazing. Yeah. One thing we do say with ropes is, because we go to schools now, we're basically trying to get like as much of the country skipping as possible. And we start yeah. with schools. We're going to go into community centres, old people's homes, the whole country. Um, and... One of the things we've realised is that, like, there are so many sports, uh, not exercise, sports, that young kids who are either skint or black or brown or Asian feel that they're not uh, able to do, don't have access to, and are told is not for them. Yeah. Tennis, squash, yeah. badminton. There's something so about a, a, a racket. Yeah. And obviously, I, and I wanted to play all these sports when I was a kid. My mum yeah. couldn't afford things like a racket and like balls. You were just told there was equipment. Yeah, racket. We need to get shoes. Yeah, like mean? exactly. So they're money for rackets, right. darling. So it what I say with ropes is, is that this rope is not just a skipping rope. It's a portal to all the other things you can do once you start jumping up and down. Absolutely. And I really do think that that is it, when you said like we're not told that we. It's true. Why don't we have any black tennis players? Why is there still only one or two? Because yeah. they don't give us a racket. They give us a ball. And we're allowed to play team sports. Yeah. And that's where we've always had openings. But, and of course, we're allowed to run. We're allowed to run and hunt with them. Yeah. But we can't just be a solo athletic star. Well, you, you know can, what's... but you have to be so incredibly... Sorry, of course you can. We can do anything. But this is what I'm trying to do with ropes. Yeah. To say, don't, don't, not, not only don't hide where you're from and who yeah. you are, get as fucking close to it as possible. Because yeah. it, it, I yeah. promise you it will be... So valuable in what you do in the world. The closer I got to yeah. myself, my mom, my family, my ends, West London, Grove, the career I've had, everything, yeah. that's when everything started to flow. That's when the Makita Sons began. Well, <laughs> okay. my, my, maybe I should be holding out for mine because that physical alignment is exactly as you're saying, the thing that sort of transformed yeah. my life yes. more it really than does. the, you know, the, the film itself. Like that process was huge. And interestingly, they had been looking and looking and looking for a stunt woman for me. They couldn't find anyone. Women of colour are not entering oh, into this world, world and we really need them to. <gasps> so I'd like, like to what? be a stunt woman. Because you <laughs> absolutely could. There'd be people for <laughs> yeah. you to stunt. But hang on, what does I that mean? I could be mean? Viola Davies. Viola Davies' stunt woman. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'd have to get a little stronger she's quite muscly but i could do that <laughs> might need a little bit you that. i'd like to be a we're very woman. much from behind but you, you, I mean, you know what i mean yeah, yeah. We're not. but what does that we mean for black it. and brown and asian uh, uh actresses that do, if there aren't some people available they just have to They're do, their do own themselves stunts? you have to do sometimes more than you might otherwise um, I mean. did you like doing it though 
I loved it. I mean, I, I don't think I I'd like alive. someone else to do it for me. I, I, I mean, obviously, some of the I very dangerous it. shit. You want to do your own stunts? <laughs> well, because I'm a bit Action Jackson. <laughs> In my I, I head. I can tell. She in is. my head. I am quite, I call myself a ninja. I am also. At Christmas. I'm also, so I'm also, yes, please carry that for me. Yeah. So there's a kind a of constant battle. There's a duality. I'm a bit like, I'm quite tired of like a nap. Also. Also. Also, I just put my testosterone on. It depends what I she's doing. I go to Garfield patch. every morning. I'm like, just put my testosterone on. <laughs> she actually she's just like, the you're an idiot. Shut up. Please, please take some before seeing the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Because yes. I think at the end I you're going to be... I take every day. kicking the door every out of the cinema. Day. Every day. <laughs> How about that? Big hit of hormones and a big hit of testosterone and we're going to see I'm there. I'm I'm I will call film. you afterwards. <laughs> I am going to wrap us up because, and, and I say this with love to both of you, this is the longest... <laughs> <laughs> and we've yes. never we've never been so like I don't want to stop also <laughs> I'm not really ready to end I'm still no, eating I'm still got shit to say right but I think we've still got food to eat look I mean there's a whole bowl of mashed potatoes oh. skins on the top we're going to give you Tupperware for family boyfriend baby thank, thank you this is the yeah. longest we've done with anybody and we're not done um, but here's to all the sauces the um, Zawesons the Makita Sons, the Andy Sons. Andy Sons. Mm. To the Renaissance women. To In the it. Renaissance women. In it. Look at Thank that. You. One last soundbite. Yeah, that we really ran over. Longest podcast. Why do you think that there was so much to discuss? For you two, there's a shared recognition of how the world has been with you in it mm. and the work that you've both done I think you share a sensibility and this is also a lesson in not deifying people not making them into gods and goddesses actually because you are also a god and a goddess yourself you know we're all kings we are all masters and mistresses of our own universe and we are the universe contained in our chest I mean I just can't stop with the magic today. I know what is it with you just and the magical sound bites falling out of the mouth Sally Ashton I will always be thankful you came around this table and it was this is just the beginning just the beginning just the beginning so much more to discuss um, so I want to say thank you to Zoe thank you to Anna Sher I think a raise a glass to the good lady one more time because what she's given us through her students you know the beautiful people and the beautiful work that they have produced because of that one woman's spirit and intellect goodness me what goodness a brilliant me and good work good work Zoe thank you thank you what a star what a beauty Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>